Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. Everybody rises to the levels and so forth in your relationship with others. And, and, and even something as simple as your phone conversation. And then decides he wants to be... Another one is acting stressed at work. People, it can be very stressful being a lawyer. You can have too many assignments. You can not have time for your personal life. You can be stressed by judges and clients and other attorneys not making you feel good about doing all this work. And if you are like that, it's basically the opposite of helping you is going to be hurting you. And so instead of you thinking about how hard you work, what your superiors are going to think is you've reached the limit of how much responsibility you can handle. And everybody rises to their level of competence and what they can tolerate. And once that hits, then then they stop. And so you don't want to be put yourself in a position where you necessarily reach the limit of how much responsibility you can handle because you're just showing so much stress and problems with the amount of work you're getting. People that have this and they sometimes just in order to cope will feign illness or pretend they think they have some illness that you don't have and all sorts of things will happen. So you need to learn how to manage your stress at work. And sometimes there's absolutely nothing wrong with leaving a firm because of that. I talk to people all the time at some of these very stressful firms and they just say, this is not how humans should be living. This is not and, and that's true. If you can't deal with it, then you need to move to some place where um, you're not going to feel that way. And there really is no reason uh, that you should put yourself in that position on an ongoing basis. I don't see the point of it. It will prematurely age you. It will cause cancer and disease and all sorts of things. And you don't need it. I, When I was working in large law firms, I remember I would go in to work. I went into work once on a, a Thursday morning and I didn't get out until Sunday morning. And that, that's pretty insane, but somehow I was able to keep going and that was is very difficult. This is not no, normal, but there are other attorneys that certainly work like that. And, but if you are under that kind of position, you really need to keep it cool. People will see you're working that hard. And if um, you're complaining about it, they're going to avoid giving you important assignments in the future. I remember my first legal job, I was next to this girl that went to Yale law school was very smart. And we shared a secretary and she was turning in her timesheets. It used to be that you would turn them in manually. And a couple of days a week, she, I would see them because they would be on her secretary's desk and they would say 24, meaning she'd work to complete 24 hours. But I don't think she ever complained. She just was totally cool about it and did it. If you're going to work those sort of hours, you definitely don't want to complain and, and you just do it. And then you figure out if you need to be somewhere else or you can handle it. And if it was me, frankly, I don't know that I would be able to handle it, but you have to understand that this is what you need to do in order to get ahead some places and, or to survive and even stay employed. So it's not, but any type of stress you experience, whether it's stress with your employer, whether it's stress at home, whether it's whatever your stress is, it's important not to show it because it's going to get in the way of you doing your job and people do not want to listen to people that are creating problems that can't handle that sort of thing. They just, unfortunately, that's just how it works. And if this happens to you and you're too stressed, then there's nothing wrong with going into a less stressful job and you can find a law firm uh, that's less stressful. It doesn't have to be going in house or going to work for the government or something, but you need to push through and then make decisions based on where you can put your health and stuff first. And then this is just, these are some other 
rules. You should always do your best to accept invitations, to spend time with people outside of work if you can. It's you don't want to let your coworkers into your personal life, meaning it's okay to tell them you have a girlfriend or boyfriend and you have a spouse or you like to play these sorts of games or your parents did this or that. You can certainly talk about stuff like that, but it's important not to talk about negative aspects of your personal life. And you should definitely do your best to accept uh, invitations, spend time uh, outside of work with, with associates and partners. It's important for you to be liked by the people that you work with. There's no such thing as I'm only going to be professional. I'm only going to go to work. If you are able to break down those barriers and feel and people can feel closer and connected to you, then that's great. Now, I don't think that means you have to go out, and this is actually true in some firms, you don't have to go out and do cocaine and, and get drunk. And that's not what you should do. If that's what is going on, you need to be pleasant and try not to be caught up in that. But you do need to feel um, connected with people. And if your fellow lawyers see that you like them, that you're willing to loosen up a little bit, then they're going to be more likely to help you and like you as a person, as opposed to giving you, not giving you the best assignments and so forth. So people typically will work with people that they like, they will advance people that they like. And so you need to be really do your best to be likable, but in a way that doesn't bring negative personal characteristics and so forth into your relationship with others. And, and favoritism operates in most law firms. It's not, but it's not just the law firms It operates in every professional environment. And many times when you see people that are very successful in companies and in law firms, it's the people that were able to form relationships that were beyond just formal because formal relationships, if everything's formal, then that's what you get. But favors and things are typically done by people when they, when there's some sort of affinity beneath the surface that it certainly doesn't mean anywhere close to having uh, romantic relationships with superiors or anything along those lines. All it means is that you are able to be liked and uh, people are able to see the good in you as opposed to see you in a different way and uh, just in a formal way. That makes a big difference. And it's something that will help you. It's also a way to get information that you normally wouldn't get if you're just being formal because people have different personas that they they present from a formal aspect and then from an informal aspect. And this is just another one that I've basically been saying this for you know over 20 years, but because people are always on their cell phones, but the cell phones come out during meetings. People are looking at their cell phones and not paying attention. They'll often come up when a bunch of attorneys are sitting, taking a talking to a partner about a certain matter. They're just, there's people that are walking down the halls with their cell phones and looking at them. There's people that are in, in, in different meetings, different in the cafeteria or whatever with their cell phones out. And when you have your cell phone all the time, the problem is you're unable, you're just basically unable and unavailable to connect with people. And, and because you're unavailable to connect with people, those people don't feel the ability to talk to you about matters. They don't feel the ability to talk to you about different things. They feel that your cell phone is more important than their presence. And, and it's just not good. I, around my house, my kids are always playing with their cell phones. It's certainly not something I like because they're turned up, they're tuned out. Now it's iPads. And the more you play with your cell phone, the more it's going to hurt you. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. 
Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not gonna find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. And years ago, I knew a guy who owned a telephone answering service. And what I was thinking that was interesting, this is before people used to have telephone answering services because they wanted to make sure that if the receptionist was taking other calls, that the calls are always going to answer. I certainly had them because law firms are calling and you need to talk to someone immediately or can't. And I was talking to this particular guy that um, owned the service and I expected him to tell me um, that the service got a lot busier um, when the economy was good, as opposed to tell me the service got busier when the economy was good instead of when it was bad. And uh, at the time, I think that I was talking to him, I think it was the uh, 2001 or late 2000 recession. And I asked him how his business was doing. And he told me that his business actually increases during recessions because the bosses will see the receptionist playing with their cell phones all day. And instead of doing other tasks they could be doing, and then they realized that it was the first place they could actually save money by letting go their, by, by letting go receptionists that were just preoccupied with their phones. And it's a very important thing to just understand you need to be there to work. And when you're there to work, people want to, they need to basically see you working as opposed to playing with your phone. And if you're focused and on top of your jobs, you're always going to be the first person and the last person to be let go. But if you're playing with your cell phone all the time, it's just sending the message that something else is a little bit more important to you. When you're around people at work, it's important just to not only look at your cell phone, not look at your cell phone, but to be there and connecting with them, meaning you're making eye contact, you're listening, and you're not present somewhere else. And this is something that the best people do in any profession, meaning if you're talking to a client and you bring out your cell phone and start playing with that, the client's going to feel cheated. It's going to feel like you're wasting their time and money, that you're not listening to them. And it's the same thing with talking to people that you want to be your colleagues and also your superiors. So this is a big one. And I, and if you are someone that does this, it's not good and you need to fix it. And I, I hope you do, because I've certainly been in a situations where I've had employees do that and I don't like working with them. I've been in positions where I've been literally getting an exam in a doctor's office and they pull out their phone and start playing with it. So I, this is these sorts of things you, you need to be very careful with because it's just not something, it's something that will make you very unique And if you don't, if you don't do that. And then this is a big one as well. Law firms uh, of all sizes will monitor often your computer and your phones. I hate to say it, I'm not judging law firms. I'm not saying that they're bad places because it's the same thing happens in companies. Some people do it with their own spouses in their house. It's just, this is just something a lot of people do. But if your if your law firm is monitoring your computers and phones, you, you, you need to be, you basically need to assume it's happening, but this is just something uh, that law firms do. They do big law firms will often do it because you're dealing with 
companies that are getting ready to do certain transactions that will change stock prices up or down. They do it because they want to see if you're on their team and you're not talking negatively about them to other people. They do it because they want to see if you're doing personal things at work. They just do it for all sorts of reasons. And then they get reports. I remember once I went into, this is at a law firm that's no longer in existence, but I went into this partner's office and he was a managing uh, partner of the Los Angeles office of Dewey Valentine. And he had a huge stack of documents on his desk and um, a couple big shredders. And I went in his office when he wasn't there to drop something off. And these were all just emails that people have been sending back and forth. And he was reviewing everyone's emails. This stuff happens. This is just how it works. I've seen lots of attorneys, meaning fired for things they've said on the phone or email some for their work computer. I saw one, I, I, multiple attorneys, but sometimes people will post things on above the law or glass door or whatever without realizing, with completely oblivious to the fact that the firm may be running a screen recording software on their computers and they get fired. They, you could be a 10th year associate of a partner and you could post something negative about your firm and get busted. So this is serious. You have to assume, and I'm sorry, but you have to assume that this is happening. And even though I know it doesn't happen at probably the majority of firms, some it does. And even something as simple as your phone conversation. I'm not saying this is illegal or legal. I don't know. But I know IT people in, inside of law firms that amuse themselves by learning everyone's secrets and by reading emails. I knew a guy that very well that, and I'm not going to tell you how I knew him, but he was someone that, that I had regular contact with because anyway, I would go to places and he always was there because he knew people I knew. And he was a IT person that worked inside of a law firm and he would monitor people's screens and had a lot of fun printing up what he saw with people on dating sites, on fetish type weird sites. And then he would talk about them to other people. See, this is serious stuff. You need to just be very careful. The sites you look at, you need to be careful the emails you send. And I'm sorry. And when this particular IT person, I was at a dinner with him and several other people, and he got some information about a boss of his that had been sending some very disturbing things and as well as having an affair. And he wanted to think if he could um, blackmail the person. This is very serious. I Years ago, this is in a long time ago, I was working with a group of partners that were going to, that were going to switch firms. And it would have been a huge placement because it was like an entire practice group of these partners. And they were all ready to go. The other firm, the firm they were going to had already got them offices and, and all sorts of things in the new law. And they were literally going in a few days. And then the firm they were at learned because that they were moving because they had installed screen recording software on the computers, meaning they were logging in to their personal email accounts on their computers and sending each other emails about this. And the law firms were able to monitor their communications. And, and what happened is the law firm basically put a stop to them leaving. And I don't know how they did it, but they did. And so the people stayed in a position that they um, didn't like for whatever reason. Just the idea is if you want to communicate with people, I wouldn't use your work computer. I would be very careful about talking about saying things 
on uh, your uh, on, on anything but your cell phone. Just be very careful because people do lose jobs for this stuff and it happens all the time. The other thing that's important is to help other people if there's not a direct benefit to you. This is the number one secret, by the way, of partners and they get business because people become obligated to them or enjoy or appreciate the fact that they provided help with no strings attached and then do business with them later. People, and this is just how it works, people go in and it's, this is normal. It's at most law firms is you will go in uh, to a law firm uh, with the idea that you're competing with every single person around you, meaning you're, everyone is a competitor, everyone's competitive with you and you have to compete with them and get a one up. And because of that, people will withhold information. They will, they won't give people, they'll basically be against people that they're working with. They'll play games. They will sometimes, there's just all sorts of politics that happens. And it, it takes very little effort to actually go out and help people with the correct information, with telling them different insights to help them and to help people grow. And then when you do that, not talking negatively about their lack of knowledge and stuff when they're not there, because if you get the reputation for doing so and helping others, you're also going to be well-liked by the attorneys you work with. My story about that, and it's not that great of a story, but I used to, when I was in a law firm, I worked, when I worked for a, a federal judge, it was extremely competent in terms of writing. He would basically demand that everything that I wrote for him was perfectly proofed and extraneous languages out of there and, and tenses and everything were right. And so I got into my first law firm and I couldn't believe that when people would ask me to review their work, like how much many of those rules were just completely not paid attention to. And so I started helping people by people would come by and ask me to work on stuff. It was not billable because it wasn't my matter, but I would spend half hour, 45 minutes marking up memos and briefs and things and helping people. And that was very much appreciated. And I started getting a lot of work from other people and people started talking to each other saying what a great attorney I was just from marking this stuff up. So it gives you like a reputation. And then I started getting work from the best people in the firm. So you want to have a reputation of helping other people. And this is something, by the way, that people do with clients as well. So they get clients because they reach out and try to help people with different things. And it's getting a reputation for helping others when you don't have to and putting yourself being seen as a source of help as opposed to a competitor, being seen as someone that wants to help a potential client instead of just get money from them is huge and it works and it pays dividends. And, and when you're helping people like that within your own firm, you're helping the firm. If you're helping people like that externally, you're getting their reputation. And the thing is that young attorneys, I'm sure I'll get questions about this today because I, I get something about this question on multiple meetings each week. The idea would be I help someone, they took credit for my idea and they took advantage of me. That's great because now that's what's going to happen if you help that person in the future. And the same thing will happen with other people and that person will eventually get iced out. You don't need to worry about that. You just need to keep your side of the street clean. And if you do that, you're gonna be a lot better off. The next thing is you wanna concentrate, and this is a very important point that will change the direction of your career and your life. You wanna concentrate on doing the work you enjoy and you're best at and avoid doing the areas where you don't excel. There's this story that I heard this weekend, and it was about a this Buddhist monk. And he was, I don't know, he was he'd been living in a monastery for 20 years. And during that entire time, all he could think about was how attracted he was to women 
and how wrong he was to be this way. And so he would keep banging his head against walls and doing all these things to try to take this horrible force inside of him out of that. And he did this for most of his adult life until someone very wise came along. And so this isn't the person you are. You should be being the person you are. And that's not being a Buddhist monk. That's just being someone out in the real world and uh, meeting people of the opposite sex. And you don't want to be doing, my point to you is, you don't want to be doing the work you don't enjoy and that you're not good at, and you should avoid the errors where you don't excel. And this is hugely important. It doesn't matter what practice area you're in. I've been looking this morning, I looked at the, the practice areas where the attorneys are getting the most interviews. And it's not what you think. It's like medical malpractice plaintiff attorneys, medical malpractice defense attorneys, insurance defense attorneys, and all these things, trust in the state's attorneys, like getting the most interviews, meaning like if they apply to 10 firms, they're going to get maybe a couple interviews, whereas someone that might be in commercial litigation or corporate is going to have a harder time. There's nothing wrong with your practice area. There's nothing wrong with, you may think you're in the wrong practice area, but you should do what you're best at and you should avoid your weaknesses. It doesn't matter what your strengths are and you should not be trying to do something that you don't enjoy or you're not good at because you think it's the right thing to do. That doesn't make any sense. You're going to spend your whole life and career being unhappy. And you could be where you could might be a better management, being a better management. You might be better being an entrepreneur. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. I've seen attorneys that are, I know an attorney that was at O'Melveny Myers and it was like the top class in his law school and decided to start a personal injury law firm representing people that were in small auto accidents and couldn't be happier. So it doesn't matter what you do. You need to go with what your strengths are. Your strengths may be being in a, you may be representing consumers in various things instead of big clients. And you may want to work for bigger clients and feel like you can do better than that. And that's fine too. It just doesn't matter. But regardless of your skill set, you want to be doing uh, things you're the best at and where you're receiving positive reinforcement from. And I will tell you that regardless of how well you did in law school, regardless of where you went to law school, regardless of what your first job is, there is always a place for an attorney to do something. And it could be, it doesn't matter what the practice area is, but you should be doing a, a practice area where you're doing well. I remember not too long ago, and this is sad, but I see this stuff all the time. I was working with this woman that was a trademark attorney at a, a small to mid-sized firm, doing very well there, likely to probably at that firm become a partner or something in, in the near within three or four years. I was getting work, had brought in clients, was just very good at trademark law and enjoyed it. And she decided that for whatever reason, she needed to work in a large law firm where that had a really good brand name. And so she started applying to these firms, not just through me, but on her own and got a job as a staff attorney, making less money with no prospect of ever becoming an associate at a big firm. 
and basically told us from day one, like, you're going to make 70% of what our associates make. You are never going to be able to be a partner. You will, you have this title, but you'll get to say you worked at this big firm. And she took it over staying in her existing firm, over offers at smaller firms, because she thought that was really the awesome thing to do. And and I don't think that was the right decision. That's just my opinion. But a lot of times people will do the wrong type of work in the wrong environments. And, and it's just not right. You should not push yourself to do something in an environment that it's not working out for you. You just shouldn't. If you're getting uh, bad feedback from the market, maybe you're in the wrong market or maybe you're in the wrong practice area. So this is just, what if Mike Tyson decided when he was young to be a neurosurgeon instead of a boxer. I don't know everything there is to know about his intelligence. He could be the most brilliant person in the world. I, I, don't, I don't know, but I think this would probably be a very up, very much an uphill battle for him. He's a boxer. He's a natural boxer with those natural skills that very few people in the world have ever had. And so taking those skills and pushing him into being a boxer is much more likely to give him financial success than doing something else. Uh, but this is what people do all the time. But you need to do the work that you're good at and have the most talent for, because if you don't, you're going to be um, pushing against something that's not giving you a lot of positive feedback, that you're not enjoying, that there's probably people much better than you. And if the current employer is not utilizing your strengths, it may make sense to switch to something else. I knew one guy, this is very fun. This is a someone I knew pretty well in high school. And also when I was in, when I got out, I stayed in touch with him. He was this, this brilliant scientist. His father was a scientist. He, by the time he was like a freshman in high school, he was taking like AP physics and calculus and all this stuff. Just freaking amazing. Like how smart this guy was. And, and then he goes to college, a good school, like University of Michigan or something, and majors in some science and comes out at the very top of this class. And then decides he wants to be a newspaper reporter, even though he can't write for hell and spends his whole career. Like now he's obviously been doing his career for a few decades or more and just never got anywhere because he thought he needed to be a newspaper reporter because somewhere along the line, like his sister did it. And I don't know, but you don't, you shouldn't do things where you don't have talent. You're going to advance. If this guy had put himself into being a scientist or a doctor or something, he probably would have gone very far. And he liked it. He just felt, I'm good at this. I've got to conquer it. So I should try to work on my weaknesses. Working on your weaknesses isn't something uh, that's going to help you. It's going to ultimately, because you're not going to get anywhere. When you work on your strengths, which is like your practice here, or the practice setting, like where you want to be, then you're going to do much better. And then this is just a kind of another statement. And I don't like making it because it can be, be offensive to people, but you want to be healthy. You want to take care of yourself. You want to look and act healthy. And the, and the thing is, the it doesn't matter if your your weight, I don't think really matters, but you have to look like you're vibrant and healthy, and that's going to have a lot of success in your career. It sounds cruel to say that. It doesn't mean you have to be, it's just, you need to take care of yourself. And I've got so many examples. I have one candidate that was the first in his class at a big law school, like Berkeley or UCLA or something like that. Literally the first in his class. He got a job with a big firm in Silicon Valley as a intellectual property litigator because he was also like an incredible science guy and decided uh, that he was going to grow his hair and not stop growing his hair and not stop growing his hair until his hair got down to his, basically his buttocks. And he decided to put this in a ponytail 
that anyway, he went out for interviews and firms couldn't believe it. They were just like, what the hell is this? And they found all sorts of reasons to reject him. And this stuff is true. And I don't like to say that, but if you don't look healthy and then it, it doesn't help you, it, it hurts you. You need to really do your best to take care of yourself. And I'll just tell you a quick story. When I was in uh, a summer associate in a law firm uh, in New York, I was out with a bunch of, uh, I don't know, associates and they were talking about this partner that had all this business and was like the best dressed person in the whole firm. Like he would go out and have his suits tailored and all this stuff. And at one point, like he told a bunch of associates, this is because when I walk into a room with a potential client and I'm charging like a thousand plus dollars per hour, whatever it was back then, I need to look like the most formidable and put together person in the room in order for them to feel like they're going to gain their money's worth. That is how that person thought. It's not necessarily true at all different types of firms. You certainly look at a lot of our billionaires and tycoons and stuff. They don't necessarily follow those rules, but I think law firm people that do well many times will try to look the best they can and look the most competent as they can. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.